0: AM 1060 KDUS Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale, Phoenix.
1: It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Well, that's why he's
0: gone to the zone. Zones have an advantage up top to eight, and time to eat. And there you go. All right, there's no way they can guard the Suns with three potential seven footers out
1: there on the floor. Dave challenged by Murray above the break. Survey sees two, takes the three. Got it. Damian Lillard knocks down the triple with eight and eight, ten seconds remaining. Quarter now to Nemhardt, who is in. And that's Giannis. <laughs> He got back in time, and then you got Holiday Getter I mean, first, it didn't look like Giannis was going to get back in time. He got back. Dan Skipper, signed to
0: the practice squad this week, was with the Colts in preseason, was with Detroit last year, is in the game. Goff stops, loads, open LaPorta. He's got it, and he's got his first NFL touchdown. Some of
1: those routes. Love on third, down to the end zone. Get on three and two to Gavin Sheets. Got him. Brandon fought. Went to that sweeper. Gets a big strikeout, and he matches a career high. That's number eight, and that's going to be it. Here comes Tori Lavello. Andrews tried to check. Offered at that curveball, and goes down swinging. It's four strikeouts for Ryan Nelson.
2: Miller with the big leg kick in the pitch. And Evans Wall up to right center field. Back on it, Rodriguez. That ball is gone. One-to-one ball game on the jack by Alvarez. His 31st of the season. A line shot and a fist pump from Alvarez as he rounds third base.
1: Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at kdusam am 1060 And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on kdusam AM1060. Welcome to the Thursday, September 28th edition of the Sports Zone, not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUSAM 1060 and KSLux HD 2100.7, the Suns, are they closer to winning the elusive championship without DeAndre Ayton? The Bucks is Damian Lillard actually an upgrade from Drew Holiday? Uh, Lions and Packers, who wins tonight at Green Bay? The Diamondbacks, who should be their third starting pitcher in the postseason. The Astros, why have they been so good on the road? And what has caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9.15 or so, we'll have a Lions and Packers preview. Get the Lions side of things with Tim Twentyman of DetroitLions.com. it'll be interactive action, 602-260-1060, and also the local roundup. That'll include analysis of the Diamondbacks' Wednesday victory at Chicago. That series concludes at 11 a.m. this morning from the south side of Chicago. I'll also have a little bit that's not very complimentary about the White Sox, that they're awful, so how can you be complimentary about the White Sox? Final segment of the show, the Sports Zone. It'll be the National Roundup. That'll be topped by the, the MLB scoreboard, uh, specifically most likely all, in fact, American League stuff at that time. Meanwhile, after the Sports Zone, the, uh, the extra point from 10 to, uh, 10 to noon hosted by Kayla, and that will include Kayla going around the N- NBA with Dan Favale Bleacher Report, and we'll also have more phone call time, 602-260-1060. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's Pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at kdus1060.com. And today's question is, are the Suns closer to winning their first ever championship because DeAndre Ayton is gone? And Corey is here and has the early returns. Leading right now, 100% is no wow. on kdus1060.com. They're not. I thought this would be the opposite. In fact, I predicted yesterday on Portland Radio that this would be 75% yes. So I'm completely wrong at this point, but the voters have a couple of more hours to change their opinion and make me sound smarter. So make me sound smarter, people. All right. Aiton was sent to Portland in a three-team deal that also... Well, basically, this whole thing was facilitated to get Damian Lillard out of Portland. Speaking of Lillard, he is headed to Milwaukee. However, the Bucks had to trade Drew Holiday to Portland as part of the trade. Uh, trade By the way, Holiday is a free agent after the upcoming season and is likely to be traded soon to another team before the season actually starts. Is Damian Lillard an upgrade from Drew Holiday if you're looking at the Bucs side of things here? Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question, who wins tonight in Green Bay? The slightly favored Lions. It's This is basically a pick em in most places around the planet. Uh, so who you got tonight, the Lions or the Packers, just to win the game straight up. Once again, Corey has early returns. Slight favor continues here with the Lions, fifty-four point five percent. Packers at forty-five point five percent on KDUSAM ten sixty on Twitter. All kinds of injury questions heading into this Thursday night game. Thursday nights, usually we have lots of injury questions, so we'll see what happens. Uh, but the Packers announced on Wednesday the starting offensive linemen David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins are not going to play tonight. At least they listed him as them both. Out. They listed both of them as out. Let's try that again. They listed both of them as out of tonight's game. Uh, those are their two best offensive linemen. They did not play either of them last week in the narrow and comeback victory over New Orleans. Meanwhile, on the local front, the Diamondbacks. Are looking? Uh, they're certainly taking care of business so far in Chicago. They look to win all three games of this series. If they sweep today, they do. Uh, the Diamondbacks have won the first two games uh, against the 60-98 and 98 White Sox. Uh, my question, let's take a look at the uh, pitchers from the last couple of nights, the, the winning pitchers from the Diamondbacks, and just make a choice here. Who should be the Diamondbacks' third starting pitcher in the postseason, Brandon Fott or Ryan Nelson? Meanwhile, the Astros uh, keep winning on the road. The defending champions are now 48-30 and on the road, heading into their regular season-ending series, which begins Friday night at Chase Field. Uh, Why have the Astros been so good on the road and not very good, in fact, average at best at home? Very strange. All right, in addition to all those excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? That's pipeline for the day. We got all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion category? So, if it's uh, you know, from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602 260 1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM 1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM 1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules, or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, coming up next, Corey, will have a news update. That will be followed by a preview of the Thursday night football game at Lambeau Field. Uh, it sounds like I was doing like a John Facenda thing. It's not. I would never try to do that. So I was just being smart, uh, a smart ass, so to speak. Uh, we'll talk with Tim Twentyman of DetroitLions.com. The Lions, uh, some injury issues there that we'll go over with. Uh, who's he expect to be in and out this uh, Thursday night? Uh, for the uh, Detroit Lions in the uh, fourth game of the regular season this is the NFC North championship game Uh, exaggerating some there but uh, the winner of this game certainly has uh, especially if it's Detroit I mean they're going to be a couple of games up on the Packers and win the first game of the season series so they're going to be definitely having an advantage all right, you're listening to Sports on with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Kiss HD 2 100.7. Need social information about KDUS AM 1060?
0: Try KDUS1060.com, at KDUS AM 1060 on Twitter and Facebook.com/slash KDUS AM 1060.
1: Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLux HD2 100.7. You're home to the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. The Lions and the Packers. It's hard to say this in any division three weeks into the season, but not in this division. Clearly, the two best teams in the NFC North. And they square off tonight at Lambeau. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We are now joined in the sports by Tim Twentyman of DetroitLions.com, and Tim, always good to have you on the show. The Lions two and one start. How would you assess the first three games, which of course started with the Week One victory at Kansas City and the home field split against the Seahawks and the Falcons?
0: All oh, good start. You know, I think if you told Lions fans, you know, they'd be two and one to start the season after Casey, Seattle, and Atlanta, who was undefeated at the time last week. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, they'd be pretty happy. They would probably think that you lost to Casey and you beat Seattle. That obviously wasn't the case. It was the other way around. Um, But, look, they they feel good. Um, You mentioned it off the top. You know, Chicago's 0-3, Minnesota's 0-3. You know, Green Bay's playing pretty good football. They got a young quarterback. And so, for the Lions, they feel like, you know, this is a year where um, they're not going through a Hall of Fame quarterback in Green Bay for the first time in 30 years. (laughs) So, um, it's it's a great opportunity to – You know, win the division, and they could take a big step toward that goal today at Lambo.
1: Okay, so let's get into this a little bit for tonight. Let's start with the Lions' offensive line injuries. Who do you expect to be in and not in tonight?
0: Yeah, Big V, their starting right guard, uh, isn't going to play, but Taylor Decker, who's missed the last two games, suffered a high ankle sprain and a bone bruise on the 19th play in week one, the win over Kansas City, Uh, finished that game, but hasn't played the last two. He returned to practice this week and he's expected to play tonight. So that's obviously a big boost. And what that does is it allows Pene Sewell, their pro bowler, to move back to the right side. He's been switched over to left tackle while Taylor's been out. And they've, you know, battled some injuries on that right side to a couple backups. So they were pretty thin there. So getting Becker back is huge. It allows, um, you know, obviously him to play left tackle, Pene to play right, and everything kind of fits how the Lions, you know, expected it coming into the season.
1: David Montgomery, I didn't play last week. Do you think he'll give it a go tonight?
0: Yeah, I do. I think he'll give it a go. I talked to him this week, and he said he was feeling a, a lot better, um, and that it was up to him. He was going to play. Um, he's listed as questionable, but I do expect him to suit up. I, I still think we'll get maybe a little bit more of a load for Jameer Gibbs than we saw when, when David was healthy. Um, I don't think they're going to want to give David you know, 20, 25 um, carry so we'll see a little bit more of Jameer but I, but I do expect both uh, Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs to be in the backfield for Detroit tonight.
1: Speaking of Gibbs you know he's a Georgia Tech in Alabama there was some concern whether he could take the pounding running between the tackles is there that concern in Detroit?
0: No I mean he carried the ball 17 times last week when Montgomery was yeah. out you know between the tackles Broke a couple runs late in that game that that really helped cement the the win with the last touchdown. So, look, he's tough. If you watch that Kansas City game week one, I mean, he was delivering hits. He wasn't taking them. And so I think he's underrated just how how powerful he can be at the point of contact. And obviously we know what he can do speed-wise and quickness-wise. So the Lions really view him as as the total package. And I think last week kind of showed what he can do running between the tackles and, and 17 carries for 80 yards.
1: When Montgomery and Gibbs are both hundred you know, percent or close to it or you know, as close as you're gonna get in the NFL, how would you expect that running back uh you know split to work out?
0: I think Montgomery would get more of the carries. You know, I think it'd probably be, you know, a fifteen to ten, something like that would be ideal, but look, Gibbs is a big part of what they do in the passing game in Detroit. Um and, you know, they they try to get him the ball in space. Um they like David Montgomery. We talk about between the tackles. Gibbs can do it, but you know Montgomery's <clears throat> a little bit better there, more experienced. That's his game. You know, making guys miss in, in tight spots and, and being a tough runner, getting yards after contact. So, um, you know, it, it's kind of a one a one b. But it, it, in a perfect world where they're both healthy, they'd probably like to see a fifteen ten, and then Gibbs be a big part of the passing game on top of that.
1: The national media and, uh, you know, some fantasy football, you know, I like to say the fantasy fantasy football community, let's call it. Uh, The last couple of years have frequently pointed out the home Jared Goff, which has been good and the not as good Jared Goff on the road. Is there anything to that? Do you pay attention to that at all?
2: No,
0: I don't really. I mean, look, it's tough to play on the road in the NFL. I mean, go to Arrowhead and, and try to play quarterback with with that crowd going. You know, your silent count, um, you probably have a little bit more miscommunication, uh, which we saw in Kansas City, some false starts. So I, I just think it's tougher to play quarterback on the road in the NFL. Um, but, look, Jared's had a, a, a really good season. They've won on the road already at one of the toughest places to play. Um, I know Packers fans are going to be up for this one tonight after what Detroit did week 18, going to Lambeau and knocking them out of the playoffs with that win. So probably a little bit of a revenge game for for the fans. I expect them to be loud. But look, Jared's a veteran guy. He's been in this league a long time. He's played a lot of road games. And he's won a lot of road games. So I don't really think there's much more to it than it's just it's hard to win on the road in the NFL.
1: Talking uh, Lions and Packers, of course, tonight. Uh, They start the NFL week number four. Tim Twentyman of uh, DetroitLions.com, currently in the sports zone. All right, the Lions' defense ranks pretty much in the middle of the pack in most league-wide categories, no pun, no ton, pun intended with the pack thing there, uh, except in rushing defense where they rank fifth. Uh, if you're the offensive coordinator playing against Detroit's defense, how would you try to attack?
0: Well, I think you've got to try to attack them vertically. You know, I, you know most teams you talk to they want to run to throw, you know, that's kind of the recipe. But like you mentioned, Detroit's been really, really good um, against the run. I mean, they held Atlanta, who, look, Arthur Smith, that's what he wants to do, right? That, that mm-hmm. zone-wide scheme, they're really, really good. They were averaging 170 yards on the ground going into that game last week. Detroit allowed 44 yards on the ground. So completely got them out of what they do and what they're comfortable with. And so, you know, I, you know they've, they've got a really aggressive – Front seven that's good against the run that can get after the passer. We saw that last week with seven sacks. And so, to me, if I'm scheming against Detroit, I think I want to take some shots early. And, and and if I can hit those, then maybe I soften up that run defense a little bit. Um, but I just don't think you can line up against this defense, at least what they've shown this year, and and try to run the ball between the tackles consistently. You know, I love take shots, and, and Green Bay's going to take some shots, and I think that's got to be their recipe for success is hitting on some of those early then maybe it softens up the run game a little bit.
1: Aiden Hutchinson's been part of that run defense, and obviously Rush is the passer. He's been dominant, and uh, I think dominant is accurate to say, in two of the first three games. What has impressed you the most about Hutchinson during his still very young NFL career?
0: Well, I think this offseason in particular, he finally got an opportunity just to work on his body. You know, he wasn't running 40s and doing draft visits and, and stuff like that, and Look, he suffered a, a shoulder injury toward the end of last year. He told me he really couldn't lift weights, so he didn't like where his strength was at the end of the season. And so, look, he really dedicated himself to getting stronger, um, and I think we've seen that these first three weeks. I mean, he's got an awesome bull rush, and, and now he's developed a really devastating spin move off that to, to kind of keep tackles, um, you know, on their heels. And I think that's been the biggest thing. He, just, he was able to watch a year's worth of film. He was able to see what he did. Um, you know, that he, that he feels he needs to improve on. And then he just hits the weights hard and and really improved his body and his strength. And I think it's now kind of all coming together in the second season. And I think he's going to be a really good edge rusher for a really long time in this league.
1: Brian Branch uh, was certainly impressive in his college days at Alabama. He's certainly made plays during his first three games in the NFL. What's your three-game evaluation of him?
0: He's a stud. <laughs> he just he, is. he just gets it. He just he knows how to play. look, you don't start at Alabama in that star position as a freshman unless you just know how to play football. Uh, he just sees the game a little bit different. It's slow for him. Um, you know, I, He used the line. I'm a linebacker who can cover. That's how he treats that nickel position. And, and I love that line from him because, look, he can come yeah. up and deliver hits, um, but he can cover as well. We've seen that. I just think he's the, the, the complete package. And, look, he was so good that this team went and got C.J. Gardner-Johnson this offseason to play the nickel for them. I mean, that's a guy who was tied for the NFL, lead with six interceptions last year, a veteran guy who's done it at a high level for a long time, right? Well, Brian Brandt stepped in, and he was so good that they moved C.J. Gardner-Johnson to safety, um, replacing a veteran in Tracy Walker because they just had to get this kid on the field. They just they had to because he's that good. And I I think he's a candidate for Defensive Rookie of the Year. I think he's going to continue to make plays. And I think he was a complete steal with the 45th pick. I think he's going to be a great player for a long, long time.
1: Yeah, I remember the draft when when they drafted him. I went, wow, he's still out there. (laughs) I couldn't believe he was still available at that point.
0: Yeah, what I love about it, too, is he stayed there in the draft. Obviously, the disappointment of expecting to be a first-round pick and and you don't go. A lot of guys will go home or do whatever, that That young man stayed there. he wanted yeah, to yeah. have his moment and and I think he plays with a chip on his shoulder and and beware because he will come up and stick you. You've got to know where thirty two is all the time.
1: You mentioned Gardner Johnson, he obviously's got you know he's been out, and Houston Houston's missed some time too. How they been able to dance dance around those injuries on defense?
0: Well, I think that those were two areas where they were pretty deep coming in, you know like I talked about with tracy walker he's he's a veteran guy, a former captain. Um, who's, you know, I think started 37 games. And so now, you know, you've got that guy on your bench playing special teams and you can just plug him right back in. So you're deep there. And look, they were deep on the edges too with guys like, you know, Josh Pascal and John Kaminsky and Romeo uh, Aquara. And so um, obviously those injuries hurt. Those were impact guys. But if you were going to deal with an injury defensively for the Lions, edge rusher and safety were probably their two deepest positions coming in. So, Um, hurt you hope to get those guys back but you know that's why you know coaches and GMs always talk about depth on a football team it's not a matter of if injuries are happening to when. and and the good football teams are the ones who've got depth and guys that can step in and you you don't lose a beat
1: all right Tim so specifically tonight what are some key matchups between the Lions defense and the Packers offense Uh, which also the Packers offense some offensive line issues for them heading into this game tonight
0: yeah, they do. So, you know, obviously, it starts up front. You know, I think, um, you know, if they don't have Bakhtiari, I think that's a big loss for them. You know, we talked about Aiden Hutchinson and and that matchup against a a backup. But when you're Detroit, too, um, they're not going to have Big V. Um, so look, they've got Graham Glasgow, a veteran guy who's played a lot in this league. But that matchup between Kenny Clark, I think, is going to be an interesting one too. Uh, you know, I, I I think Kenny's you know one of the best top you know five the interior defensive tackles in the league um so you know i I just think it'll be interesting to see how those offensive line injuries affect the game up front because i think that's where this game's going to be won or lost whoever can protect their quarterback the best maybe get a run game going a little bit just watch that that who handles their offensive line injuries a little bit better i think that's a huge key tonight
1: Okay, so kind of flipping the other side here, along those lines—no uh, pun intended again—the uh, Lions' offense. How do you think they'll attack the Packers' defense?
0: Well, I think how they've attacked Kansas City, Seattle, and in Atlanta. You know, I think the, the trio of Amon Ross, St. Brown, um, uh, Sam Laporta, their rookie tight end, who's been terrific. First tight end in, in NFL history have at least five plus catches in his first three games. He's become a big, big target, and then using Jameer Gibbs in the passing. That's kind of their big three. Um, you know, you'll see some formations where they want to, um, you know, get those guys in space, find some one-on-one matchups, and so really, it's going to be up to Green Bay to try to slow those three down in the passing game. Detroit's done a really good job protecting Jared Goff. They've been able to run the football a little bit. And when Jared is able to do play action, that's where he's at his best. He led the league last year with 130 passer rating on play action passes. So establish the run a little bit early for Detroit, and then get the ball in those three guys' hands. That's their weapons. That's how they win games.
1: You mentioned Laporta. You know, a lot of tight ends coming into the NFL as rookies have a tough transition. There's a lot going on. You know, pass blocking, run blocking. You know, obviously, you know, patterns and catching the ball. Why is he adapted so quickly? He's smart.
0: You know, one of the things Dan Campbell said about him is he'll make a mistake in practice, he'll never see it again. Um, you just tell him. Um, they're very hard on him because they've seen the potential um, early on, and and he's smart. Um, and and one thing Jared Goff said is I trust him. And it, look, it's not easy for a rookie to come into the league and earn the trust of a veteran quarterback like Jared Goff, but. Um, Sam Laporta did that very early, dating back to the spring. I thought he was one of the best players on offense all the way back in OTAs, just that connection, and how often um, Jared used him as a security blanket. So look, he's smart. Um, he can block in the run game, which coaches love. That's how you get on the field with the coaches, and then you know, Jared really trusts him to win his matchup and be a security blanket for him. And we've seen that the first three weeks, and I think we'll continue to see it. Um, He's been a really, really pleasant surprise. He's been, I think, you know, one of the better rookie tight ends of of a class that was considered to be, you know, a a once-in-a-decade type class. But, you know, Sam's certainly ascending to the top of that class early on.
1: You mentioned it earlier, the Packers in revenge mode tonight after the regular season finale last year when the Lions ended the Packers' season. Uh, ended the Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay era, as it turns out. Are you a believer in this revenge angle? Well, I think
0: you can use it as motivation. Obviously, you know, locker room fodder a little bit. You can talk about it as, as a coach, but I, I, I think every week in the NFL is, is huge. I I don't think it, it you know, I, I think more it's more for the crowd than the team itself. Look, it's a division game. If you don't get up for Packers, Lions, as a member of the NFC North, and I don't know if you have a pulse or you really don't like football. Um, So the players, I don't think it affects more, but I think the fans. I think the fans will be loud tonight. I think, you know, they'll want to see, you know, their team get a little bit of revenge. The Lions swept the Packers last year, so um, and and I think they hear the national media and everyone else saying that Detroit's going to win the NFC North. Well, look, the division's gone through Green Bay for a long time. I don't think Packer fans forget that. And I think they'll be motivated tonight to, to maybe show that.
1: Okay. So, bottom line, tonight's game's basically a pick So, who wins tonight?
0: Yeah. It's a tough one. Um, I typically don't like to pick them. But, you know, I, I, I think it's going to be a, a, a close game. I don't see a shootout. I see this, you know, kind of staying into the teens, 20s. But, you know, I like Lions to have the ball last and, and went out of field going close in 2017.
1: Tim, always good talking to you. Thanks. And uh, hopefully you get to have more fun here during the season. I know we talked about in the preseason. Uh, glad you're having an opportunity to cover what appears to be a really good team. <laughs>
0: yes, I've seen some some losing football over the, the years. But I think you know what Brad Holmes has drafted here, what Dan Campbell's changed the culture in terms of the grit and toughness, I, I think they're on the right path. And I think you're going to see Detroit be kind of one of those teams consistently talked about in the NFC and especially in the NFC North.
1: Yeah, I might have to call you for some advice watching the Cardinals for you know, 17 <laughs> games here or so, this year at least. Hey, so.
0: I've been there, bud. I've been there.
1: <laughs> okay. Thanks, Tim. Have fun tonight.
0: All right,
1: guys. Tim Man of DetroitLions.com. Next segment will be phone call time. It's general discussion. If you want to jump aboard, 602-260-1060. Also, we'll get to the local roundup. that will include the Diamondbacks' Wednesday victory at Chicago, uh, they played at uh, 11 a.m. or shortly thereafter this morning. They made it through the weather yesterday. Um, I don't know if it rained in Chicago last night, but it, they, the first part of that game yesterday, they kept showing the grounds crew, and it was dark. By the end of the game, and having lived in Chicago for nine years, I totally get this. By the end of the game, it was very sunny, and you know, the grounds crew was probably having a beer by that point. Uh, so you never know in Chicago. From week to day, from hour to hour, minute to minute, what the weather might be. But uh, they made it through yesterday, and obviously, final road game of the season. If there would be a weather problem today, they will stay there until this game gets over. The Diamondbacks want this game to get over quickly so they can get back home, finish, uh, start their final road home series, I should say, of the season. The the Astros are already here because they don't play today. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time to KDUS hotline 602 260 1060. Also, we got a little more time than usual, so if you want to jump aboard, we got room and time for you 602 260 1060. Feel free to interrupt at any point if you'd like. All right, topping today's local roundup, the Diamondbacks have uh, swept the first two games of uh, the uh, series on the south side of Chicago. Arizona's now won eight of its last ten games after the Wednesday 3-0 victory. The, uh, the Diamondbacks have also, uh, you know, basically they're 5-1 this season in Chicago. Remember, they won three out of four at Wrigley Field earlier this season. Brandon Fott kept the ball in the park. Uh, he's, uh, didn't give up any home runs. Obviously they didn't give up a run yesterday. Uh, he is not allowed. Actually, that's just the, I got my numbers here. Seventh time in 19 starts this year during his rookie season that he has not allowed at least one home run. In fact, he allowed only five hits, had no walks and struck out in, uh, struck out eight over five and two thirds innings that eight strikeouts tied his, uh, season. And obviously in his rookie year, career high. Personnel news for the Diamondbacks, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Uh, was a late scratch yesterday because of a shoulder injury. The White Sox, uh, they're they're a dead team. They're not even a dead man walking team. They're a dead team. Uh, The Diamondbacks yesterday, in fact, just had one hit after the third inning. They were never in danger of losing the game, even though they only had one hit after the third inning. Uh, From the worthless stat department, uh the really the worst, worthless stat history department uh Arizona has won the last 10 games uh, against the White Sox that's a winning streak that actually started in 2014 so it's pretty much completely irrelevant uh you know, it's um uh, you know not a big historical stat thing but uh, this was really ridiculous in fact uh I'm not going to go through every guy to make sure of this, but you know, without Nick Ahmed here on the roster now, I don't think there was a Diamondback player on the current roster that was actually here in 2014. And watching the White Sox the last couple days, I'm fairly certain that there's nobody on that roster uh, from 2014 still playing for the White Sox. All right, today, the last game of the series, and Tukey Toussaint, former first-round pick of the Diamondbacks back in the day, starts for the White Sox he's four and seven he's actually had some decent moments this year but not some good moments because his earned run average is 510 uh, he will start the series finale for the White Sox and uh, the Diamondbacks uh, expected to go with a bullpen game uh, it looks like Bryce Jarvis at least the last I looked which was a couple hours ago apparently we'll get the start for the Diamondbacks two and zero with a 245 earned run average the Diamondbacks are set if they need it to have uh, Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly pitch the final two regular season games on Saturday and Sunday. But if they don't need those two guys, I would assume that if they they might make a brief appearance and get a little work in, and then they'll be set for the playoffs next week, assuming things go well. Now The Diamondbacks, depending on what else happens today in the uh, National League wildcard situation, they can actually clinch a playoff spot today. Meanwhile, the Cubs slide, speaking of the National League wild card, continued last night. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. established the 40-70 club. Um, you know, established it. He's the first guy to do that. Ozzie Albies uh, had a walk-off single in the 10th inning as the Braves beat the Cubs last night uh, 6-5 to in Atlanta. Second straight night that the Cubs have blown a lead and lost, this, uh, lost the game to the Braves. So uh, Chicago dropped into a wild-card tie with Miami as the third and final spot at 82-76. and 76. More on Miami in a couple moments. The Cubs last night, actually Tuesday night, let's go back to Tuesday night, they blew a six-run lead in that game. Last night they led, game, they led the game 3-1, 4-3, and also 5-4, and then they ended up losing that particular game. So it's just been a complete disaster for them the last couple of days. Meanwhile, the Marlins split the doubleheader against the Mets. And the Marlins uh, definitely, as I just mentioned, they moved into a tie with the Cubs for the final wild-card spot. Uh, yesterday, it was John Birdie in the second half of that doubleheader last night. And that was actually not even a split doubleheader. That was a one-admission doubleheader. There's not many of those in baseball anymore. As uh, the Marlins beat the Mets last night 4-2. to two. Uh, Jesus Sanchez hit a very deep home run at City Field last night for the uh, Marlins in that contest. On the Mets side of things, Francisco Lindor um, in the doubleheader. He had three home runs and six runs back then. He is uh, a 30-30 man now uh, for the Mets this year with uh, 30 home runs and 30 stolen bases. And uh, that series uh, continues today. Uh, with Jesus Lazardo pitching for the Marlins and David Peterson pitching for the Mets. Meanwhile, the Reds lost yesterday at uh, Cleveland against the Guardians, the final home game for one Terry Francona, uh, the University of Arizona graduate. And uh, I don't know if he graduated, but he was an alum. Played there when I was actually still going to school there in Tucson way back in the day. Uh, But Francona, who's uh, obviously going to be in the Hall of Fame, after he gets uh, you know, retires and qualifies for Hall of Fame induction, he will be in there. Uh, he's a, a tremendous manager, and uh, the sport will definitely miss him. I'm assuming if he wants to, he's still going to be involved with uh, the broadcasting in, which he did for a while, between his stints with Boston and Cleveland. All right, on to the phone lines we go. Matt and Phoenix, what's going on?
2: Bob, how are you? I'm good. Good. Uh, Francisco Lindor, quietest 30-30 year ever.
1: I didn't even realize it till last night, but I, I, as I've told you a few times I quit watching the Mets like six yeah, weeks they ago. Stink so, so bad. yeah, I didn't didn't do me any good. I've watched him play the Diamondbacks because I watch the Diamondbacks every day, sure. but that's about all the Mets I've watched for several weeks.
2: Yeah, Lindor's still really good. So, um,
1: absolutely I'm
2: happy to see that. And uh, Kodai Sengas had a a very very good he ha- year. So,
1: he, he um, has no doubt.
2: Maybe, maybe there's something to look forward to. I don't know. Um, Do you like the Dimebacks' chances uh, in the playoffs? Um, Hopefully they don't have to use Gallen and and Kelly in extended fashion the last two days of the season and have them ready to go for the first two games.
1: Um, Yeah, it would be much easier for them if they would actually clinch a playoff berth today. And not have to deal with the Astros, who are like the greatest road team in history.
2: Yeah, which is unbelievable. They can't win at home. Um, (laughs) But do you like their chances in this matchup, or potential matchup, I should say? Or what are you thinking in regards to that?
1: I need to see who they're playing, and I'd have to sit down and assess this. I don't like their chances if they play the Phillies at some point. Yeah, Um, yeah. Actually, I really don't like their chances that they're playing the Phillies, uh, the Braves, or the Dodgers. Well, I don't know about the Dodgers. Um, you know, the Phillies, Braves. I, mean, I like Milwaukee, their pitching staff. I wouldn't want to face their pitching staff in a postseason series, not just their starters, who for the most yeah, part have gotten it all perfect. together here. Yeah, I mean, if if they're winning after six innings, it's uh, <laughs> pretty, tough. Pretty, pretty tough to beat them, and Craig Council... Who apparently is managing his final days in Milwaukee? I think is uh, arguably baseball's best manager.
2: Yes, well, I look forward to him in uh, a Mets uniform. Uh, and
1: that, not this I've year, heard uh, that. Not
2: this upcoming year, but let Buck, you know, play out the contract, and uh, and then Council takes his year off, and uh, David Stearns hires his boy. So hopefully, by that time, the Mets will be decent.
1: Why? Why uh, let Buck play out his contract?
2: Yeah, I, I, I just think they're going to, out of respect for, for Buck and what he's done for baseball. But it's a very weird situation there in a dynamic with, with Stearns and the connection to Council. Um,
1: right. Bob, screw rumors. the, screw the what's Buck done for baseball thing. I mean, yeah, he'll get a job if you know whether TV sure. or, I don't know if anybody's going to hire him as a manager anymore. But he'll be okay.
2: Um, I've heard rumors that the Padres are going to trade Juan Soto. Um, I know you're not the biggest Soto guy overall. He can't hit. Um, and he's been great the last couple of months. Um, do you think there's a strong market for him, or does the um, fact that he's more than likely going to free agency significantly reduce what right. the return would be?
1: I think it reduces definitely what the return would be, and I'm not sure where, how much of a market there would be for him okay. uh, because he's going to, you know, his contract's coming up and he's going to have to pay him no matter yeah. who it is. I think that re- that uh, limits the, uh, or reduces the field greatly. Also, if I were a team looking or thinking about him, this is hard to say because he's in his early 20s, but that man needs to be a DH like right now.
2: He does. He does. I
1: agree with that totally.
2: What about an Alonzo for Soto deal?
1: Wow. What would you th- think about that?
2: <laughs> well, I don't like Pete Alonzo at all.
1: Um, why I think why not?
2: Um, I don't like the fact. Uh, I, he's very. He seems a little me, me, me. Um,
1: okay.
2: I think he's kind of a fake tough guy, too. You know, says a lot of things in the media and. Talks about you know not wanting to get hit and coming after him and and if he wants to do something about it, go do something about it. But he never does, um, and they don't win with him. Like not that Soto's the most winning player, but Alonso's supposed to be the leader of this team. And you know there were points in the season that the Mets flat out quit. So um, not a huge Pete Alonso guy, and not a, a guy I want to give two hundred million dollars to when he's soon to be thirty years old and, and can't play a position anyway.
1: Okay, i only got about 25 seconds here, but how would Soto handle New York?
2: Uh, I think he'd be terrific in New York. Um, I really do. Uh, I think he'd he'd thrive in that market, and um, I I would love to see it. Lastly, Bob, I know you're uh, up against it. Uh, Spencer Rattler, is he starting to come along and play some good football?
1: He's gotten some time to throw here lately. I'm actually starting to think that maybe South Carolina's offensive line isn't the worst on the planet. Which it certainly looked like. Right. I mean, they gave up like 100 sacks to North Carolina, which is you know improved defensively, but they're not that good. So he's been okay. I I have no idea what the NFL thinks of him now because of what happened last year and he was so inconsistent. He had some great games last year and some not so great games. He had a much better supporting cast last year. Uh, So I'm not positive, but I'm starting to wonder if he's not okay, not bad, I should say, and whether the offense is okay enough that they could win some games.
2: agree. Thanks as always, Bob.
1: All right, good stuff. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Next segment, we'll wrap up the Sports Zone. Don't forget the extra point coming up with Kayla between uh, 10 and noon, and uh, Kayla will be joined by Dan Favale of Bleacher Report, and they'll go around the NBA. Obviously, the uh, Key part of that discussion will be the uh, Suns three-way trade, or they were part of the three-way trade yesterday. And DeAndre Ayton is out of here. It's time for today's national roundup. Welcome back, final segment of today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM ten sixty and KS Lux HD two one hundred point seven. On to the National Roundup we go, latest line for tonight, and this line has actually moved in the last 40 minutes or so uh, since we talked to Tim Twentyman about uh, the Lions and Packers for tonight, and this line is uh, pretty much everywhere two right now. It was one, one and a half last night and this morning, but uh, universally I've got like 15 lines here around the world. And uh, the uh, Lions now a two-point road favorite. That's the consensus for sure in the game at Lambeau tonight. The total, pretty much 45.5 everywhere. A couple of 45s. I see 146, in fact, at the Golden Nugget in Las Vegas. But it's uh, pretty much uh, uh, the consensus, definitely 45.5. Also, uh, one other game I want to make sure I get to here and we'll get uh, into this more in-depth during the extra point tomorrow. Uh, Buffalo hosting Miami, and uh, the Bills a -a two-and-a-half-point favorite in that game virtually everywhere, Uh, not quite everywhere, most places everywhere. Circa in Las Vegas, for instance, has uh, the Bills a three-point favorite, uh, as does the South Point. So those are two of the highest-volume shops in Nevada, Uh, so they have three, but The the consensus around the world is uh, the Bills, a a two-and-a-half-point favorite against the Dolphins on Sunday in Buffalo. All right, quickly, let's get to a couple of baseball things from the American League last night as uh, we round into the final four days of the regular season. The Astros recorded a key win last night at Seattle. Uh, Mauricio Dubon hit a tie-breaking three-run homer in the fourth inning, and then Jordan Alvarez... Added one of those tape measure shots later in the game, and the uh, Astros boosted their lead against the Mariners for the last wild card spot with a eight to four, eight to three, excuse me, eight to three victory in that game. Now Julio Rodriguez in this series was awful. He was zero for nine in the series. In fact, uh, four strikeouts and four at bats last night for Julio in the biggest game of the season for the Mariners. So the Mariners who. Uh, you know they basically uh, you know they have you know, they're they're not gonna catch the you know the Rangers, so I'll get to them in a moment., uh, but the uh, the Mariners, they needed to win this game and they didn't they didn't ha- it wasn't a quote must win. They're not eliminated, but they're getting pretty close to elimination as far as uh, that's uh, their situation. They start a four game series today, so this is their salvation. Uh, you can make a case they probably have a better chance if, if they can at least control their own fate. Uh, in, the, uh, in the A.L. West against a uh, you know, four-game series that starts today against the Rangers. And the Rangers are close to winning the A.L. West after they won last night. Dane Dunning uh, shut down uh, the not-mighty Anaheim Angels of Anaheim or Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim or whatever we're supposed to call them this week. The biggest thing for the Rangers is that Max Scherzer actually threw a light bullpen session yesterday. You know, they've already declared the he's out for the rest of the regular season they have not ruled him out for the playoffs, so we'll see how his status, uh, if that status changes before we get to the postseason, which, of course, begins next Tuesday. All right, stay tuned. Next two hours, it's the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. That will include Kayla going around the NBA with Dan Favell Bleacher Report and more phone call time for you, 602-260-1060. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening and stay tuned.